right, kids, you can head on upstairs. The rest of you can take your Bibles to Psalm 37. challenge you if if you haven't watched it and and uh, you have <clears throat> friends or family members that are that are scared of of what's going on and and look I'm, I'm not here to condemn those and and uh, I don't I don't want to to mock those um, who are fearful I my heart is heavy for them um, I, I would uh, I, I would hate um, to have to live our lives in fear all the time, and uh, I, I just uh, I feel bad for that. I'm angry at our politicians for driving people into such a fear and trying to make this something political, and and uh, I I have a hard time with that. But and so my heart does go out to them. And but if you know someone that that's dealing with some fear and anxiety because of that. I challenge you to refer them to our website, to our live stream on the message that uh, we looked at on, on Wednesday night this past week, and uh, just called, and the title of it was A Devilish Fear, and uh, out of Psalm 41, verse 10, and uh, not, not because I'm the one that preached it, but because it's God's word, and that passage is explained well, and can help each one to, to know how to deal with fear. And I pray that it can be a blessing to those that you know and your loved ones, co-workers, or whoever might be dealing with some major anxiety because of this and uh, can uh, be a help to them and uh, pray that, that it will be. So, and, that, and I had thought about preaching a different message today and going to something different, but, you know, th this really is... What we ought to be doing in, in the middle of a crisis is exactly what uh, Psalm 37 tells us. And so I thought, you know what? God, in his timing and, and uh, in, in his knowledge, knew exactly where we would be today. And so we're just going to continue to look at this passage here in Psalm 37. And we'll be in Psalm 37 until the Lord moves us on uh, to something else. But we uh, have, have looked a couple of weeks now and uh, verses 1 and 2, we, we already saw the evildoer's reward in, in the believer's attitude in verse 1 and, and the believer's reminder in, in verse 2 and, and to remind us of this. And, and, and we need to be reminded of this. Maybe, maybe you guys not so much as me, but, but when, when I, I think of the, the evildoers of the day and, and uh, uh, the, the, the heat that goes up your neck and, and just the anger that comes and I, I find I find the, the the atrocities of our of our world and of our own country. I, I mean I, I I am amazed that that uh, and and I praise the Lord that we don't have to rely on the government for our needs. We we need to rely upon the Lord for our needs. And and the government is doing everything it can to to put themselves in the position of God and be careful with that and be careful of where, where you rely so much on the government that you quit relying upon God and 
and, and it tells you, tells you where they're at whenever the, the government is and the president and uh, they, they bring out this uh, uh, bill where they're going to uh, help the small businesses. And, and look, we need to support our small businesses during this time. And go get a haircut, you know. Go, go, go see Carrie or go see Mindy or, or someone and go get your haircut or go to Drover's and get something to eat and, and tip Ireland whenever she's there uh, waiting on you or, or go to the gym and, and exercise and, and, and take your kids and, and help out the small businesses and go buy a piece of furniture or whatever and, and uh, help out the small businesses that are out there during this time and, and, not, and stop living in fear and and, and, and it's crazy to think of, of uh, all of those things. Pray for those guys that are, that are in the oil and gas industry while, while we have politicians that are trying to destroy everything that makes our country run and, and uh, uh, support those guys and pray for them and encourage them along the way and, and not live in, in fear. And, and so man, I, I have to go back to this verse all the time, fret not thyself because I get angry. And, and, it, and it bothers me that, that we have such atrocities going on in our country and, and, and uh, uh, taking away the, the rights of people. And, and anyway, in that bill, here they are going to help those small businesses. And, and then Pelosi gets on there and wants to put a billion dollars in that to support abortion. I, I mean, the, there, is, there, is nothing, there is nothing more evil and there is nothing that uh, in the seven things that God states that he despises, one of those is the shedding of innocent blood. And, and it amazes me at, at the, 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 the conscience that are, that are seared. And, and, and it amazes me at, at those that claim to, to know Christ as their Savior and, and in support of abortion. And I you know, and you read it all day long, and some uh, uh, preacher that's a part of the American Baptist Association has come out and said that that that's a God's gift uh, is abortion, and and you hear of all of the atrocities and that that people are saying as Christians that are okay, and and that and they come out with some lie that Jesus was a socialist, and nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. In the Bible, does it tell us to rely on the government to meet our needs? Nowhere. Nowhere does it tell us that. Nowhere does it say that Jesus said to, to rely on the government. He said, Give un, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, so pay your stupid taxes so, they can, that, so the, the greed mongers can go ahead and take it and, and do all of the programs that, that so many people are so dependent upon. And, 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 and please, we as, we as believers, we need to get past this and, and understand that God is the provider and we need to look to Him. You want to be reminded of that? Go to Matthew chapter 6. Memorize Matthew chapter 6. Look and live according to Matthew chapter 6. And there he'll show you and encourage you the, the God that we serve. And, and, but we need to fret not thyself because of evildoers. And, and, and learn to pray for them. And, and Lord, either change their hearts or get them out of the position. And give us godly leaders that will stand up and thank God, whether, whether you like him or not, Thank God for a president that says that God is the one that can help us with this and we need to go to the Lord and trust Him and pray for Him. 
and, and pray for our country and, and oh, and we need to pray to him. I, I remember God taking the time of Solomon and, and, and calling out for a national day of prayer and, and said, you want my blessings, then humble yourselves and, 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 and call upon him in 2 Chronicles 7.14. And so, but anyway, the evildoers and let us, just don't let it hinder your walk and, and, and uh, uh, be not envious of the workers of iniquity. And we need, we need to stand. We just need to do the right thing. We need to do what God tells us to do. And, and we need to be stand, standing upon the truth of His Word. And, and then we got into these. And I thought, well, we'll probably do five at a time or so. And last week we didn't get very far, did we? Trust in the Lord. We could preach an entire year on just trusting the Lord, couldn't we? I mean, we, we need to, and, and remember how, used the illustration and, and had Matt uh, come up that uh, uh, last week and remember I had him lay down on his stomach and, and spread out and, and lay there. And that is the picture of what trust is and, and how we need to lay ourselves down and say, Lord, I'm not moving, I'm not doing anything, I, I'm just trusting you to help in this situation. And how we need to look to Him and, and place our faith not only as Savior, but place our faith in Him totally and, 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 and walking with Him. And, and remember, he's the, one that, uh, he's the one that calms the sea. He's the one that, remember when they were in the boat and, and, and the waves were rocking and they came down and woke Him up. And Jesus, we're all going to die. And, and He says, oh, you have little faith. And calms the sea. He's the one that we need to look to and and we need to trust Him and, and look to Him. And, and even when, when things don't make sense, we still need to be the ones that, that trust Him and, and look to Him. Remember I read Psalm, or Proverbs 3 and verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. There, there are times where it doesn't make any sense, but we just need to trust God. And so then it goes on and gives us these commands and and verse, verse 1, we have those two commands of prohibition, those, those things that we need to stop doing, we need to stop fretting, we need to stop being envious of all the things that they have and uh, the evildoers have. Stop doing those things, but now on the positive note, he's given us some commands and tells us, first of all, we need to trust in the Lord. And, and then he says, not only do you need to trust Him, but do good. Do good. Do do that which is good and acceptable in the eyes of God. Do that which is good in, in, in according to the Word of God. Do that which is good that, that God has shown us that we ought to be doing in our, in our lives every day. And, and, and look, we ought to be represented in our testimony by being a good person. And there's nothing wrong with that and how we do need to do that. And it is a command and, 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 and to be good and accepted and beneficial and and truly, when we are living in a way that is what you could consider holy activity, and, and we're doing that which is holy, then it drives away the rust of discontent. And how we need to be willing to put it out there and do the things that God wants us to do. Over in Proverbs chapter 2, it tells us, in Proverbs 2 and verse 10, it says, When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, Discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. You know, I find it sad, but I'm afraid we're probably going, if this continues, 
And, and, and how ludicrous is this, but I find it sad, but I'm afraid that we're going to see the day when someone gets shot over a package of toilet paper. I do. I'm afraid that that day is going to come over the ridiculousness of the fear that has taken place in our country today, worldwide. And, and have, uh, friends, there are missionaries in Africa, and earlier in the week they, they had posted on there, hey, come to Africa because we got all the toilet paper you need because there's nothing. And then I, I think Thursday or, or Friday, Africa came out and said that they had their first known case of coronavirus, and she gets back on uh, yesterday and says, forget it, don't come over here, all the toilet paper's gone. I mean, the, 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 the craziness of this. And, and here it says that, that the godly wisdom, and, and we're not talking about a worldly wisdom in Proverbs. We're talking about wisdom representing Christ and, and, the, and the wisdom that Christ gives us. That, that kind of wisdom is, is and when it's in our heart and, and, and the knowledge of all these things going on and, and knowing that God is allowing this to, to allow Him to be exalted and, and knowing that these things are going to be okay because God has it under control and, and discretion will preserve thee and understanding will keep thee to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things, who leave the paths of un uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the forwardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they, and they forward their paths to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words. I, I don't know if you read the news or not, but I saw two things about Italy, one good, one bad. I saw, first of all, that, that Pornhub has made it free for all the Italians that are quarantined. That's bad. But I also saw a picture of the Maetas who, who we uh, support in Italy, and they showed a, a video of, of an apartment complex, and all the Italians were sitting out on their little uh, veranda, their little deck that they had on there, and, and they're all sitting out there, and some had tambourines, and some had some stringed instruments, and others were singing, and they were singing Amazing Grace. I, I love it. I love it. And, and, and you see, the devil is going to try to use this to, to bring honor and glory to himself, and, and he's going to try to cause people to live in fear. He's He's going to try to, to, to cause people to uh, 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 follow him and, and not trust God. And he's going to try to get people to, to, to hate each other and to hoard things and not help each other and, and all of these things. And God is showing us, hey, you need to understand that, 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 that God is trying your patience to bring honor and glory to him, to build your faith and help you to be what it is and, and to be the kind of church, the purified church that we were talking about earlier today that, that stands up and trusts in God and does good. Does those things that are, that are good in God's eyes and, and all this crooked and crookedness that's going on. And, and, and he says that, that he says in verse 20 there in Proverbs 2 that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Remember what he, oh, we, we know the, the verse in, in uh, 
Micah, and, and you can turn over there to the Minor Prophets if you want, and, but in Micah chapter 6, I find this, this interesting, and, and, and here in, in, in the whole book of Micah, I, I find that uh, when you study this out, we're probably going to be doing this on a Wednesday night, but Micah is, is prophesying, and, and, and he's declaring God's judgment upon on, uh, 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 Israel during this time because of the the, the way that they were treating the poor, and the way that they were uh, casting people out that didn't have anything, and, and he calls for repentance. And here in Micah 6, it starts out, and, and here God is making a declaration, and he says, Hear ye now what the Lord saith. Arise, get up, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. Hear ye, O mountains, the Lord's controversy, God's saying, I got a problem with you, and I want all of you to know, and ye strong foundations of the earth, for the Lord hath a controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. Oh, my people, and now he asks the question, what have I done unto thee? Why, why would you turn your back on me? What is it that I've done that's been so bad that you can walk away from me, and wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. For I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of servants. I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now what Balak king of Moab consulted and what Balaam the son of Baor answered him from Shittim unto Gilgal that ye may know the righteousness of the Lord. I just read that. I find that interesting how God, in, in even the very simple things in my life, I just read that very thing this morning. In my devotions, in the, in the daily Bible that I'm reading to read through the scriptures once a year. And I, and I read this very passage of where, do you remember how God spoke to Balaam? Through a donkey. Isn't that interesting? And so he uses that donkey and he talks to Balaam and, and he tells Balaam, I want you to go to King Balak and I want you to tell him that, that these people that you are wanting to curse are the very people that I have chosen and, and these are the very people of God and, and that I will take care of them, that I will defend them and you can try all you want to to call a curse upon them but it is never going to happen and I will stand with Israel. And here God is reminding them here in Micah, you remember what I did for you during that time? And then he goes into their, kind of their response, a narrative of that. Wherefore shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? And, and so now we see that, that their response is, well, well, we need to do these things that are ritualistic and, 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 and in the traditions. And, and oh, we know how this, this offering is going to appease God. And, and we're going to do this or we're going to do those things that are, that are all outward. And, and we're going to let things look good on the, on the outside. And, and all things are going to be well. God, is, are these the things that, that we're supposed to do? And, and he says, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with... Ten thousands of rivers of oil? You know what God's answer to that is? No. No. That isn't what I want. I don't want some show. I don't want something that's on the outside and, and there's nothing on the inside that, that truly matters and all you're doing is going through all of these rituals and thinking that it's going to be okay. 
Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression? Oh, maybe that's what I need to do and, 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 and uh, uh, give my firstborn and the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. He's just showing the ridiculousness of their attitude. And then he says, He has showed thee, O man. He has shown us what it is that God wants. He has shown us that it isn't something that's just outward, but it's something that comes from the heart. He has shown us that worship of God has nothing to do with just the outward appearance. It has everything to do with what's coming from the inside. It's what's coming from the inside is shown on the outside, but it all starts on the inside. You see, our world says, do all the things on the outside and cover up and don't let anybody know what's on the inside. Just the opposite. God says, let everybody see what's on the inside and let it flow out. Because he has showed the old man what is good. He's shown us what is beneficial and acceptable. He has shown us what ought to be accepted in society based on what God says. And what doth the Lord require of thee? So what is it that God wants? Is it the thousands of and thousands and thousands of, uh, of, of sacrifices? Is it the, the saying that you're willing to give of your firstborn? Is it, is it the saying that you would give your own body for this and making all of these deals with God? Is, is it that you will bow before me in front of all of your friends and, and family around you? Is it, is it all of these things that, that I want? No, that isn't what's good. That's not what is acceptable. What I want is I want you to come from the inside and what I want and what I require of you is to do justly. Be just in your dealings. Be just in your walk. Be just in, in that, that what you are saying is true according to God's Word. That you're not a hypocrite in the things that, that you don't come here and put on some pretty face and, and, and say amen or walk out of here and say, well, I did my duty for the week. And, and God isn't happy with that at all. God wants you to be here because you got something inside of you that's telling you that, hey, I need to be here and, and I need to hear from God and, and I want to worship God and, and I want to I uh, listen to what God's Word has so that the Holy Spirit can use that in my life. And, and Lord, I want to come today because I owe you everything in my life. And, and Lord, I love you and, and I want you to know that from the very bottom of my heart and, and you're going to do justly in those things and you're going to love mercy. And so how we ought to be merciful and, and compassionate to those around us. And, and it, it is ridiculous of the fear that's going on. It is. It's unwarranted. And I really don't care what everybody else says. It is unwarranted for believers to be afraid. And so we need to understand that God doesn't want us to live in fear he doesn't want us to lock ourselves away and, and, and say, hey, I need to do what Big Daddy tells me to do and, and I need to hide out and, and be in fear of my life. There is no Christian out here today that needs to be concerned about their life other than giving it to God and a total abandonment of all of who you are and be exactly what it is that God wants you to be and that's it. That's it. Now I know that there are times where 
where you need to be wise. And, and look, I'm not telling people like Heath to come out when, when, his, when his immune system is, is knocked way down. And, and I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that when you're healthy, then there's no reason why we can't stand up and be brave. And he's brave in his own walk. And I thank God for that. But we need to love mercy and we need to be compassionate for those that are afraid. We need to tell them, look, there's no reason to fear. There's no reason. Jesus Christ is the answer. Oh, you want to see how real he is? Then you do good. You love mercy. And, and he tells us that, that as we go about and, and we walk justly and we do justly and, and we love mercy and, and you hand out a tract to someone and say, hey, there's nothing to fear. Jesus is the answer. And you stand courageously as a believer. You stand courageously and tell them the truth of this is when faith ought to shine. This is when faith in who we serve ought to shine. We give him all the honor and the glory. I think Fanny Crosby also wrote one, Be Thou Exalted, I think is another song that she wrote. Oh, let God be exalted in your life. So what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God? You know what humility is? Just like the three guys that got thrown into the fiery furnace. Lord, whether, whether you save us from the plague or whether you don't, God be the glory. God be the glory. And so we walk humbly in knowing that it's not in us and, and we don't want to have any glory in ourselves and, and, praise, and, and no praise to us at all. Even like me, the charlatans of the day. I don't know if anybody saw this week where, where the, 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 uh, the, uh, the guy, um, uh, stinking rich, has a jet, uh, was, was casting the coronavirus out of people through the TV screen. No, he's a guy with the devil eyes. Uh, has a has a fancy house up in Steamboat Springs. Copeland, Kenneth Copeland. Yeah, yeah. Go look a picture and tell me he doesn't have devil eyes. <laughs> He'll scare you. You know what's sad? You know what's sad? There were people that were watching that, and they're scared. And they, they're looking for an answer anywhere they can find it. And there were people that were touching that TV. And there were people praying and begging for God to heal them through Mr. Devil Eyes. And it tells us where our country's at. It tells us that we as believers need to get busy. We need to understand that Jesus is the answer. It's not us. And we don't want any credit or we don't want any glory at all. All we are is a servant of Jesus Christ. 
All we are is the, the mouthpiece that goes out and preaches and teaches the gospel and, 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 and has a mercy about them and, and just in their minds and understanding that, look, there is going to come a day where, just like they say, that you have a very small percentage chance of ever getting this coronavirus, but everybody has a 100% chance that one day you will be sitting in judgment of God. One day. And praise the Lord that I dealt with that judgment on the cross on that day when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and my sins are forgiven. Praise the Lord for that. And there's no reason to live in fear, but He tells us here that you want to please me, then, then oh man, and, and you want to please me as a believer, then, then you do justly and you love mercy and you walk humbly with me. And I will guide you. And so we go back to Psalm 37, and, and it does help me. It does help me when, when I hear of all the idiocy that's going on out there, and, and you want to stand up and say, that's enough of this. And, 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 and you know what you need to be careful of is you need to be careful of getting in the way of God, and you need to be careful of saying, hey, God, step out of the way. I'll take care of this one. And, and instead, we need to understand, we need to stop fretting. We don't need to be jealous. We need to trust in God, and we just need to keep doing good, doing the right thing. And we see that God will be exalted. So do good. But then I love the next one. So shall thou dwell in the land. Just settle down and to abide. <clears throat> Remember, he tells us over in John chapter 15, here he tells us that we need to abide in the vine. He says in verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. And so to dwell, to continue to stay in fellowship. I, I was giving thought to this yesterday as I was driving down the road and, and a thought came to me too. I, I praise the Lord that, that there was a day in my life when, when I settled the sin account that, that God held against me because of my rejection of Christ. And I praise the Lord that at that moment when I asked Christ to save me, that, that my sin debt was dealt with at the cross that day, all my sin debt was paid for. But it tells us that we still sin. The debt of it has been paid. But the results of it in this life, you still pay for if you don't deal with it. And that's the fellowship, the sweet fellowship that we have with our Savior. And that, that, that sin, even though it's dealt with on the cross, can, can sever the fellowship that that we have with God. And he tells us and commands us as believers to abide in me. That doesn't mean you lose your salvation, but you lose the sweet fellowship that you have with your Savior. And so we confess it to God. And we get it out of our lives. And we move on. And we grow closer to Him. And our faith becomes stronger. And we look to Him and Trust Him in all of that. And then remember what He tells us and makes a little more sense now over in Psalm 23. I, I, I use this a lot, especially at funerals too for a believer. 
But he tells us that to dwell in the land. You know that's an imperative command. And it's the land that represents the Lord's presence. It's the fulfillment of his promises. It's the sweet fellowship that we have with our Savior. It's the sweet fellowship that we have with our great shepherd. It's saying the same things that David said. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Isn't that good to know? Isn't it good to know that he provides everything that we need? And oh, be careful if you're not satisfied with what God gives you. Go back and read in the book of Numbers. Start around chapter 12. Find out what happened to the children of Israel when they griped and complained and groaned and moaned and was mad at God because they didn't give him everything that they wanted. God's not very happy with us either if we are going to complain and groan and moan about all the things that we don't have. We need to trust him. We need to understand, we need to be able to say the same thing that David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That lie down is the same picture as the word trust. We trust him. We go into the green pastures that he has for us, and we're not talking about, this isn't prophetic of in heaven. This is prophetic of today. Where in the midst of all the evil that's going on, we can praise him because we have no wants. God gives us everything that we need. And he brings me to a place where I can stretch out in this green pasture and trust him. Trust him. He leadeth me beside the still waters. You know what I, I found out, too, in fishing? I've been watching this guy on YouTube driving my wife crazy. But I know how to catch crappie now if I ever get to Alabama where I can fish for them. But, you know, a lot of the fish I find that, and, and I'm sure maybe it's like this in fly fishing, you know, for trout. Maybe it's like this for a lot of fish, you know, where, where they, get in, they get into these eddies where they stay in the slow water and then the food all comes washing into them, and that's where they bite. And that's where you can catch a lot of them. And, and so it, it, and it tell, you know, so it has kind of a picture of, of feeding. You know, it also tells us that many times sheep will not get a wa- drink water out of a, a fast-flowing river because they're afraid. They're afraid they'll fall in and they'll drown. And so he leads them to that quiet place in the river where they can all go and they can drink. And it's there that they trust Him. You know, I find that interesting too. This, another thought just came to my mind on that. You've got to forgive me. I, don't think, I think it's a good rabbit. Do you remember Gideon? And God said, Gideon, I want you to go up and I want you to fight for me. And Gideon said, okay. I got 30,000 good men that are ready to go. God said, no, nah, nah, let's do something different. Cut it down to 10,000, and Gideon said, all right, we got 10,000, we're all right. God said, no, I think we need to cut it on down. Cut it all the way down, and Gideon looks up and says, God, we have 300. 300. You know what I find is interesting on that, too? 
Now, you can go back and study this, but I believe that I have it right. God said, Gideon, all these guys that go get a drink of water, I want you to pick the 300 guys that lay down. I thought it was that way, but it's just the opposite. I always thought that he picked the guys, took the water, scooped it up, and drank it. However, I believe I read that wrong, and I believe you have to go back, and maybe I'm all wrong in this, but I don't think so. He said, I want you to pick the guys that lay down and drink the water. You know, that's just a thought, okay? That's no study at all today on that thought. It just gives me chills. They laid down in complete trust and drank of the water. And God said, those are the ones. Those are the ones that I want. I always kind of thought that was a sign of weakness. But I don't think so anymore. I think God said, you know what? Those 300 men that have a trust, they have shown that they trust me even in the time of all this battle going on. And I'm going to give them a great victory because of their faith. Lay down in the green pastures. When you come to that still water, you drink of it in complete trust of our Savior, and He delivers us. Now, in the context, you go back to, and, and, and hang on to this. So, in the context then, we, we have your, your fretting because of all these evildoers. You're jealous of all these evildoers, and God says, look, you need to trust me. You need to trust me in all these times, and, and you need to lie down with me in the green pastures. You need to take of the water freely and, and understand that it's a quiet place and a, a quiet time that, that you can drink of this water. And, and then he go back to Psalm 23, and yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. There is no reason for a believer to ever be afraid to die. There should never be a time when we are scurrying around and, 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 and buying up everything and, and afraid that we're going to run out of these things. And look, you still got, I'm, I can't go there, all right? So anyway, you know, it's going to be okay. And, and, and so you, you trust Him and you, and you walk with Him. And, and though, even though you do walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they strengthen me. They protect me. They comfort me. They console me. They ease my mind and my heart. Because I know you're with me. I know that you're with me all the time. And so I'm going to continue to trust you, God. And I'm going to trust you. And and I'm going to continue to do good. And yes, if my elderly neighbor comes by and says... Could you spare some things that you have? Because I, I don't have anything and, and I'm afraid to go to the store because I'll get ran over by some nutcase. And so, yeah, I got whatever it is that you need. But what do you do if you give up that last package of whatever it is that they need? Well, you give it to them and you trust God. And you claim Matthew 6 and say, Lord, this is a need. It's not just a want that I have, but it's a true need. And God will always provide what you need. And we do good. And we dwell in the land. And we remain in the land. 
We're not afraid of even the valley of the shadow of death. Then you know what he does? Thou preparest a table before me, which is great, in the presence of my enemies. Think about how good that is. I mean, we go, we trust him, and he sets the table. Right in the midst of all of the battle, right in the midst of all of the chaos, he says, come and sit. Come and sit down. Come and dine. Come and dine with me. And I'll show you the presence that you are looking for in your life. I I will give you a complete peace in your heart and in your mind. And I will dine with you. And I will enjoy your company. And I'll encourage you. And I'll uphold you. And I'll lift you up. And I'll strengthen you. And I'll give you the courage that you need. And and you're going to sit here in all this peacefulness and and you're going to take of those things that I give you and and you're going to be eating of this and and enjoying this sweet fellowship and all your enemies are going to be standing there looking at you and, and none of them can touch you because I'm going to do this for you. That just gives me shivers to think, doesn't it? Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. That oil representing the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. He says, I'm going to give you that and you have him. And his presence will always be there. And he'll comfort you and guide you through everything. And it'll be more than you've ever expected. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Makes a little more sense now, doesn't it? We go back to Psalm 37, we end. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell in the land. Dwell in the land. Where are you dwelling right now? Look, if there's anxiety in your life right now, and there's some worry, and there's some tension, there's some anger, You're not dwelling where you ought to dwell. Because we ought to be able to walk out of here today singing his praises and trusting in him with a complete peace. Even in the presence of all of our enemies, we give him all the honor, all the glory. Let him be exalted. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. And yes, we do say hallelujah. We thank you. We thank you for who you are. You are God Almighty. And we love you. And we praise you. And we worship you. And Father, I pray that you will help us to be completely committed to you. A total abandonment of everything other than your glory, your honor, your presence and direction in our lives. Guide us. Use us in this time. Help us as a church body to be the kind of church that you want us to be. Help us to stand strong. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be just. Help us to do good. Help us to love mercy. 
Help us to walk humbly. And Father, help us to live in the very picture that David has given us in Psalm 23. Guide us. Lord, whatever it is that would be hindering that today, let us cast it at the foot of the cross where our sins are forgiven, where we are restored. Help us to be what you want us to be. Guide us and direct us in Jesus' name. Amen.